Shankar Prickett, and as ever, I'm joined by the big story explainer and sound effects finder, otherwise known as my mama. Hello, hello, I'm Lindy Prickett. <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess you can call her that too. <laughs> it's a spooky week on Newsy Paloozy. <laughs> Find out what honeybees have to do with Halloween and how much candy you might get trick-or-treating. Also, get the lowdown on how Halloween began. And hear about the spooky Spanish village cursed with a spell so powerful, only the Pope can lift it. The story of the shadow scientists and Mexico's kooky and maybe creepy <laughs> doll island and its eight copycats. But first, it's time for... The, the Big New Story of the Week. It's Halloween week, and I bet you've seen the candy aisles in the supermarkets full of treats, right? Oh, I wish we had a supermarket that was full of candy, but it's not a big festival in India. Plus, we don't have supermarkets in India. <laughs> no, not many. But that's not stopping us putting together a parade of trick-or-treaters around our neighborhood. Yep, there's lots of candy in India, even if it's not wrapped in shiny orange and black. <laughs> but can you imagine what a disaster it would be if, if there were no chocolate treats on Halloween? Stop, you're scaring me. <laughs> yes, chocolate supplies could run out if we don't save the bees, bugs, and butterflies. Oh, no! Wait, what? This is not a tall tale, either. Scientists from the University of Cambridge have recently discovered that a decline in the number of insects, like bees, butterflies, even gnats and midges, could mean that not enough cocoa plants grow, meaning our chocolate supply could seriously be hit in the next 20 to 50 years. No! Sadly, yes. And it's not just chocolate either, but supplies of apples, soybeans, coffee, and strawberries are all under threat. In fact, bees help provide about a third of what we eat. Okay, you have got to stop scaring me. But how can fewer bees and other bugs mean less food? Well, as the best ever family-friendly, science-nerdy documentary series Connected says... Ah, everything is connected. So it goes like this. Chocolate is made from the beans of cocoa trees, which only grow with the help of insects pollinating or spreading their seeds. Because we want more than one cocoa tree. Exactly. But insects, like gnats and bees, are declining. Let me guess. Because of climate change, climate change. <laughs> yes. And also, the wide use of pesticides and chemicals used to kill insects, usually the ones that eat crops, but they also kill the good bugs that pollinate or spread seeds. Oh, man. Darned if you do and darned if you don't. And that's not all. As we build up areas for development, cutting down trees and flowers, well, where do the bugs go? And my sweet, sweet chocolate! Well, it's hope that with more people becoming aware of this, of how important our creepy crawlies are, we'll begin to think about ways of saving them. Great idea. 
I think that we should all be bugs and creepy colleagues for Halloween. Well, speaking of Halloween, let's dive into our archive and play the piece we produced last year on how this kooky custom actually began, shall we? Oh, great idea. To be honest, I kind of have forgot about all the ways to say All Souls Day. <laughs> and I do like to hear myself sounding so young. Hmm. So, once upon a time, long before Christianity spread across the world, many Europeans were what's known as pagans, an ancient religion that worshipped many gods. And the Celtic people, who lived in what we now call Ireland and Britain, celebrated something called Sowin, with bonfires and parties marking the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter, or the darker half of the year. During this festival period, guess what they believed happened? Oh, I know, I know. The dead ancestors came back to life. <laughs> Bingo. Like in Asia, the Celts believed there was a period when the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurry. And people were worried they would encounter ghosts if they left their home. So to disguise themselves... And uh, they dressed up in funny costumes? <laughs> well, they wore masks, hoping that the ghost would mistake them Whoa. for fellow ghosts and leave them alone. <laughs> well, what about trick-or-treating? Well, you see, when Christianity came to the Celtic areas, it's believed the church wanted to replace this pagan ritual with their own. They had something around the same time of year called All Saints Day and All Souls Day, which were days to honor the dead. Also with bonfires, parties, people dressing up as saints and angels, and... Trick-or-treating. Haha, kind of. During the festive season, originally poor citizens would beg for food in return for praying for the dead relatives of the person giving them the food. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, please give prayer Eventually, to ordinary children me. would give be going a-souling, as they called it, visiting houses in their neighborhood and be given food and money. So, going a-souling became trick-or-treating. That's what people think. And guess what the Middle English way of saying all saints was? All Hallomas, which became All Hallows for short. And the parties were celebrated the night or the eve before. So it was All Hallows' Eve. Halloween, I get it, like Hallows' Eve. Yes. Whoa, you are right. <laughs> I'm such a dork. <laughs> okay. But interesting how Ireland and Britain don't really celebrate All Saints or All Souls' Day anymore. Why? Well, probably that's a whole nother podcast. But many people believe that when the towns and cities were building up in America, local leaders felt Halloween was a great way to build a community. And it just kept building and building. Block party! <laughs> Block party indeed, which has mostly since just become neighborhood trick-or-treating. Candy, candy, I want candy! 
Halloween candy, yes. But no, Halloween is complete without some spooky stories. Ooh, sends shivers down my spine. <laughs> and we have a few in the news for you. We sure do. First to Spain, where a village of witches supposedly, was cursed with a spell so powerful, only the Pope could lift it. Uh, rewind. <laughs> the Pope, for those who don't know, is the leader of the Catholic Church. And back in the 13th century, when this curse was pronounced, the Catholic Church was super rich and super powerful. They controlled almost everything in Spain. Even, it turns out, the truth the truth indeed. Yes, this is a story of fiction becoming fact and greed turning into ghosts. And witches. <laughs> so the story goes. And to tell us the tale of the witchy Spanish village that's still struggling to make it today is our very own... Mark Gragiana from Barcelona, Spain. So once upon a time, there's a town in Spain called Trasmos. Some of the people who lived in the castle used to spend a whole day hammering copper. They're making fake money and they're making lots of noise, but they didn't want to get caught. So they told the people that the castle was haunted. Was haunted. Those banging noises you hear? Ghosts. It's, it's ghosts. ghosts. Anyway, the people bought it and they left the castle alone. Fast forward a few years, the town is doing well, making money, literally. So the castle church was like, give us some. But the town said, no way. That made the Catholic church super mad. So they spread the ghost rumor. And a super big boss of the Catholic church, called the Pope, kicked out all the people from the church. And, and he said that the town would be doomed forevermore. Haunted forevermore. Oddly enough, the town did suffer. Lots of bad stuff happened. Women were killed for being witches. Everyone moved away. The only person who can end the curse is the Pope. And that hasn't happened yet. And nowadays, the town sees few visitors. Just witch enthusiasts. Brewing up stories of the town's spooky history. In Barcelona, this is Mark Granina for Newsy Paloozy. Thanks, Mark. I can't believe the whole thing was a lie. And the town is still suffering to this day. Well, a curse is a curse. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> What's that? I'll tell you what. That's the halftime bell, which means it's time to hear what's making news around the rest of the world. Hold on tight. It's Around, Around the, the World, world in 80, 80 Seconds. seconds. Hold tight! A U.S. government panel agrees the COVID-19 vaccine should be given to children age 5 to 11, paving the way for emergency authorization and use within a matter of weeks. In New York, an internal organ from a pig was successfully transplanted into a human. Scientists temporarily attached a pig's kidney to a human body and watched it begin to work, a major step in the quest to one day use animal organs for life-saving transplants. 
In Spain, Madrid's streets were left badly congested as hundreds of sheep passed through its bustling capital. It's an annual event that started so shepherds can exercise their right to use ancient roots that were once quiet countryside to herd their livestock south for winter grazing. And local aviation officials in England are hearing how a man sitting innocently in his backyard this summer was splattered by poo. And not just him, but half his garden furniture when a passing plane decided to drop its toilet waste on his garden about eight miles from Heathrow Airport. Yuck. Thank you as ever for that somewhat wacky wappity rap of Weird World News, Mama. Well, it is Halloween week. I don't want us to go too far from the dark side. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Which is why it's time to talk about shadows and scientists. Or, to be precise, shadowing the scientist. Oh, I thought you meant something creepy. Or scientists who study shadows. <laughs> <laughs> well, even cooler than that, I mean that you, me, or anyone else who wants to delve into a deep, dark place this Halloween can do so. Ooh, yeah. Well, after trick-or-treating, of course. Of course. Or you could think of it as a spacey alternative to the evening if Halloween isn't exactly your thing. Ooh, you mean the deep, dark place of space? I do indeed, because there is a super cool scheme that's being launched to allow ordinary people to shadow astronomers as they look deep into space. It's a wildly successful collaboration between a bunch of space nerds from Hawaii, part of an organization called Ohano Kilo Hoku, and Professor Raja Guatakuta, the head of astronomy and astrophysics at the University of California, Santa Cruz, who I've actually spoken to on the phone. Thank you very much. And like a certain wonderful news podcast I happen to know and present, <clears throat> this is another lockdown-inspired initiative that sprang up when astronomers like Raja weren't able to go to their observatories. So we got set up to use powerful telescopes right from our homes using our laptops. This gave us the opportunity to share our work in real time with students and teachers around the world. Awesome. I, for one, think it's a great idea, and I'm totally into being your shadow, on Zoom anyway, as you explore space. And I bet I'm not alone. Children are super excited to participate in something authentic like this. They get to experience exactly how scientists work, what scientists do to push the frontiers of knowledge. That science is a team sport, that scientists are real people. What? You're a human? <laughs> that science can be difficult at times. Oh, phew, I'm not the only one then. But that it is also exciting and fun. Oh, yeah. You said it, Professor. Yes, and thanks so much for being on Newsy Paloozy. We'll have details of how to sign up for the Shadow the Scientist extravaganza on October 31st. When they'll be making measurements from some very distant stars in the Milky Way. It'll take place from 9.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, as in California time, all the way through the night till 8.30 in the morning. And if that's too late for you, don't worry. On November 3rd, it will be from 7 p.m. And there are five other dates, too. So go to our Facebook page or have a look at the links in our transcript for more. Awesome. And now, let's head over to the Lucky Dip Machine to see what scary stories it spits out for us this week. 
right. Step, step right, right up. Step right up. Have a go at the lucky dip machine. Lucky dip machine. What's it going to be today? An oddball, no doubt. An oddball, no doubt. Odd is one word for it. Creepy might be another. This story is about an island of dolls. That doesn't sound creepy. Sounds more Christmassy to me. You know, like a toy shop. Yes, but these dolls are very old and battered. And wait for it, hanging from trees. <laughs> okay, that's pretty creepy. You win. So what's the story? Well, it's pretty spooky. So I suggest anyone listening who gets scared easily might want to give this story a miss. I'm going to stick to the basics so I don't scare anyone too much. Once upon a time, just about 70 years ago, a man called Julian Santana went to live all by himself on an isolated river island outside of Mexico City. He became convinced that a little girl who had supposedly drowned nearby was haunting him. <laughs> So, in order to make her happy, he hung up an old doll that he'd found. And then another. And another. And more and more. The thing is, most of these were old dolls in the first place. But now, 70 years later, well, you can imagine what they look like. Eyes falling off. <laughs> limbs hanging loose. Ah, even heads missing. Brutal. And all dangling from trees. Ugh. There's more. So beware if you scare easily. Maybe I should leave the room. Good idea, Mama. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> okay. So when the strange Julian Santana died 20 years ago, he also drowned, floating in the same spot as the little girl. Bizarrely, the island became a tourist attraction. <laughs> But there's a newsflash. Now so many people go to see the Island of the Dolls, there are now over eight copycat islands in the area with tour guides and boat owners ready to take money from tourists hoping to see a creep show. <laughs> Boo! And it's time to wrap up the podcast with the, the top, top five, five facts heard today. today. Fab fact number one. Scientists from the University of Cambridge have recently discovered that a decline in insects could mean not enough cocoa plants grow. Which insects? Bees, butterflies, and even gnats, otherwise known as midges. Fab fact number two. The Halloween tradition of trick-or-treating is thought to have come from what old tradition? Of children visiting houses receiving food and money? Going a-souling. Fab fact number three. Ancient pagans in what we now call Ireland and Britain lit bonfires and held parties marking the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter. What was that called? Sowin, which is actually spelt S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Fab fact number four. 
There's a Spanish village thought to be so haunted and full of witches that it was cursed in the 13th century by the Pope. But what was the real reason? They were making fake money. Fab fact number five. As part of a new initiative at the University of California, Santa Cruz, anyone can shadow scientists via Zoom as they make measurements of distant stars. What is the place in which these astronomers normally do this work? An observatory. forget if you want to test yourself later on, then go to the Lucky Dip blog page of our website, newsypalooza.com. That's P-O-O-L-O-O-Z-I. And take the quiz online in your own time. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Newsy Palooza. Hope you enjoyed this dip in the news pool. If there is anything you'd like to hear us cover, do drop us a line. Head to the contact page of our website, newsypalooza.com. That's P-O-O-L-O-O-Z-I dot com. I repeat, P-O-O-L-O-O-Z-I. <laughs> or just drop an email to contact at newsypalooza.com. And if you enjoyed hanging out with us in the news pool, why don't you tell a friend and get them to dive on in too? New episodes are posted every Wednesday. Alrighty then, see you next week in the happy, splashy, giant, newsy pool, Lizzie.